Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. I am really looking forward to today's chat with Nikki O'Brien. I met Nikki a couple of months ago through a mutual friend who recommended Nikki produce my podcast. And Nikki is the mastermind behind making this podcast sound stunning. She takes the raw audio and just does all of her magic with it. And Nikki, I am grateful a thousandfold for that. And I really, it's been beautiful getting to know you and finding out about you. And I want to dive in deep today to how you do life. So welcome, welcome, Nikki. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I adore you and everything that you've done with this podcast. I adore your vision. I remember right from the very start, I was so excited to, you know, this is my jam. You know, I really love supporting women who are changing the world one conversation at a time. Like this is part of my why, you know, to really, I think mindset and the way we view ourselves as women and the way we view our world and our role in it and not being defined by the way society wants us to be defined is such an important piece of the conversation globally. So thank you for all the work that you do. Oh, do you know what? And I remember back because the podcast came around pretty quickly. It was something that I wanted to do quite some time ago, but never felt that like, who am I to be doing a podcast and blah, blah, blah. And I was talking with, with Beck McFarlane and she suggested a, a podcast and suggested that you would be a great person and we'd be a good connection because that's part of it, isn't it? That having that energy and that connection. And I definitely felt that with you right from the outset. Yeah. It is one of those like kismet things, isn't it? Where you meet like a soul, like a, like part of your soul family, really, isn't it? You're like, yes, I know, I know your soul and your soul knows mine and we, and we, we kind of look at the world through the same kind of lens, I think, you know, and have that same, growth mentality and you know the learning the learning that we want to do in the world and that was really important for me too like I don't want the whole conversation today be about to be about the podcast but that was important for me in launching this that the podcast is about reflecting who I am Mm -hmm. which is really about being interested in women and their stories but yeah the vision that you had really helped guide me through that process which was it was really important for me because it's about stepping into the unknown and that's often where I help people as a coach, but you were my coach in that space and I really um, appreciated and valued that. It was very, very important. Yes. Well, I'm so happy to help you make this magic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me, tell me, you live in Adelaide, which is, for those of you, our international listeners, that's the capital of South Australia. I love Adelaide. My husband's from Adelaide and his mum lives there. And I love, love, love your hot summers. Um, Mm. Have have you always lived in Adelaide? I have. I have always grown up and lived in Adelaide. I did travel overseas for a little while, you know, quite a few years, three or four years when I was in my 20s. But I've always called Adelaide home. I adore it here. I think (laughs) as the rest of the world is catching on, Adelaide is such a really – it's a vibey, beautiful place that, yeah, everyone else is catching on to. And we've always been looked at, especially in Australia, as like the, you know, the ugly little sister that doesn't really have anything no that's going on. Way. But yeah. we have always known that it's such a beautiful place in the world. You know, we it's easy to get to, you know, hills and nature and beaches or, you know, suburbs. So, yeah, it's 
it's a great place to live and especially bring up kids too. Yes, yes. And it's very Mediterranean. We we go yeah. there a lot in summer and often when I post photos, people go, where are you? Are you in like <laughs> Italy or Greece or something? <laughs> We're in Adelaide. We're in Second Valley yeah. in Adelaide, yeah. in South Australia. Yeah. Um, so what we was have... growing up like for you? Tell me a bit about your story. Tell us your story, Nikki. Okay. Well, like, let's go back to childhood. Yeah. (laughs) What was growing up like? Growing up was, you know, I I don't, I definitely was one of those children who, (laughs) do you know what story's popping into my mind? So here, this will, this will give you a, a very accurate snapshot of who I am. I was about two years old, two years old, three years old, and we went to, we go to Oat Bank. We used to go to Oat Bank every year. It was like a big race that happened once a year, and it was like a big country trip. We used to get up really early in the morning. It was very fun as a little girl. And, you know, mum and dad would have a drink, and everyone would get a bit loose, and, you know, around the racetrack and all that kind of stuff. I remember standing up on the bar. This would have probably been about five o'clock in the afternoon. So everyone's well into, you know, the festivities by that stage and singing at the top of my lungs, twinkle, twinkle, little star and making everybody join in with me because I just, I just had that quality of like, I don't know, um, community and wanting people to, to have a good time and, you know, and, right through even to my teenage years where mum and dad would have parties at home or parties at their friends' houses and I'd be the one sitting down. This is back in the days when you had to put CDs on and I'd have them lined up so that all the parents would be dancing and I would just, you know, and then they'd come up to me and put this one on next And because I, I love I love having a good time. I love yeah. seeing people enjoy themselves. You know, it doesn't always have to be around drinking, but those are the that entertainer being yeah. sort of a, a born entertainer, would you be? Yeah, or? and the connector as well, the connector of like of bringing through good times for people to share together, to create memories, to, you know, to just really enjoy life. Like I think that's part of my makeup, right? And then yeah. that's followed through into having conversations. You know, I had a really, really tough time when I had my son. I became, a, you know, a first-time mum and yeah. – I split up with my son's dad when he was only five weeks old. You know, that relationship wasn't working and it wasn't, it wasn't ever destined to work. And I knew there was some things that happened and I just knew if I wanted to be the mum that I knew I wanted to be, then I couldn't stay in that relationship and serve and be who I truly am. Like I just, my light had gone out. And so I chose to leave and, you know, as (laughs) comes with that choice, lots of guilt. Am I doing the right thing? I was a new time mom. I was finding a new identity. My identity had been really wrapped up in the work that I'd done and the value that I brought. And then, you know, you're really stripped back to the raw bones of yourself when you become a new mother, I believe. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're completely dependent upon and you're navigating the waters, but you can't really, you're in this incredibly powerful and vulnerable position all at the same time. You are vulnerable because you are, you need the support of your, of the people around you. And you're strong because you are, you're forging this new path and you've created life from your own fucking body. Like I remember laying in the bath when he was a couple of days old and just looking at him with him laying on top of me, like I grew this. I grew this finger. I grew this toe. I like made this whole human out of my body. And that's probably when things changed for me, you know, really understanding the power of me being a woman and who I am in the world. And, you know, he really, he stoked the fire to, to strip away all the bullshit lies that I told myself, I think. And I knew I couldn't, I couldn't lie to myself anymore about Mm -hmm. what wasn't working and what was. And, and then I had to, just be incredibly brave and take a step in the direction that I needed to go in for, for his, for his well-being and for mine. Yeah. Wow. Wow. There's a lot there. And do you know, I remember that same feeling of giving birth, just the enormity of it, but the peacefulness of it as well. And it really, that was a big turning point for me in my life about, mm. um, I've got two, two kids, two, two adult kids. And just, uh, I remember that same feeling of just, after birth, just going, oh my God, this, this is part of me, part of my husband. You know, we've created this, 
these human beings and just the connection that I felt. Mm. It was just so powerful, so powerful. I, I want to take you back a little bit, Nikki, because mm-hmm. you said there there was a lot there. Um, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> that, that you made the decision when your son was five weeks old to go it alone. What was that kind of process? Because that's a really brave thing to do. I think mm-hmm. it's a, about identifying that this relationship isn't, working um, mm-hmm. for whatever reasons what was sort of do you remember back to those thought processes or not yeah look to be honest with you I, I probably when I found out I was pregnant it was it was not a planned pregnancy and yes. I remember when I when I found out I was pregnant I was kind of sitting there and like bawling and didn't know what to do because <laughs> I was in a new relationship we'd only yeah. been together for like three or four months yeah and I was like, oh, my goodness, do I tell him? Do I not tell him? Do yeah. I just break up with him? Like I was really in this, yeah. a lot of turmoil. And I was working at the time at a in a bar, actually, like doing some casual work in a bar while I was studying at university. And so I remember really clearly walking down the bar one day. This was a couple of days after I'd found out. And it was almost like a hand kind of came on my shoulder and they said, they said, yeah. you're going to be okay. Like yeah. no matter what he decides, you're going to be okay and you need to have this child. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And it was kind of like I relaxed then because awesome. I hadn't told him and I relaxed and I was like, okay, I knew that that part was happening. And so it was almost like I'd always kind of known that I'd be yeah. doing it to some degree by myself. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of work, even when you're in a relationship, that's Absolutely. a lot you have to do in the early yes. years, yeah. you know, by yourself, no matter if, whether you've got someone there yeah. or not, it's really, you know, that baby is really dependent on you. So I think it wasn't so much a decision of, I think I decided back then, to be honest. And yeah. I think then through the pregnancy, I knew it wasn't working, but I wasn't yet strong enough to I wasn't ready to admit that it really, you know, there was no hope. I think, <laughs> I think I was kind of like, maybe it'll work, maybe it'll work, maybe yeah. it'll change, maybe it'll be yeah. better. And I, I knew I didn't want my son to grow up without a dad. And to this day, he doesn't. He has a great relationship with his dad and he sees him on the weekends and they have a beautiful That's bond. Yeah. yeah. And so, and that was really important to me, I think. So I had to kind of, I also wanted to have, because obviously my son has questions. And, you know, can get quite emotional. And how come you and dad aren't married? And why can't you be living in the same house and blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to be able to look my son in the face and say, I tried as hard as I could. And we gave it everything we've got. I gave it everything I've got. And so did his dad too. Like, and it just wasn't a fit, you know, like I wanted to be able to say that with complete honesty and power. Yeah. And so I had to kind of ride that path to the end. And then at five weeks old, when he was earthside with me, I no longer had the, the ability to to bounce back as quickly from yeah. the relationship. And I knew I had to do everything into my relationship with my son. And my my intimate relationship was distracting from that and draining from it, really, rather than pouring into it. So, yeah. yeah. Do you know that there's what you were saying there too is about admitting to yourself, like you kind of knew, but it was about admitting to yourself. And I think that happens with a lot of people, regardless of what it is that is going on for them around, you know, really admitting what's going on mm-hmm. and yeah. and owning that and also being authentic. Like mm-hmm. a lot of what I hear is about you being true to you, mm-hmm. that that the relationship was – what it was but it was about what's important for you and your son and yeah really remembering that what the yeah. end goal is and I think sometimes it doesn't mean that that's an easy decision does it no and you're honoring but it was yourself. the easiest yeah but yeah. it was the easiest decision for me in terms of doing it by myself isn't the hard part staying would have been harder yes, yes. you know like and fighting for my for my independence and my freedom and my authenticity would have been harder yes. and so I knew you know I knew I knew it would be a walk in the park and it certainly has not been a walk in the park. And I've questioned myself many, many times, but we have such a strong relationship. We are so close in terms of our connection and our relationship is phenomenal. You know, it's one of those things that you can only really understand if you're a single mum with a child. I had that relationship with my mum for a little while before my dad came along. 
And so I think I probably already had the blueprint. And so I knew I could do it. I knew I could. And yeah, and I I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. And, you know, and then my business was born and I'm able to be there for my son in ways that I wouldn't have have been able to be. So it was definitely the right decision for me. Authenticity is always my. Authenticity. And one of the things that I have really switched in my language, it's about honouring my past and honouring the decisions that I've made. Would I make some of them again? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> but it's about yeah. honouring them, that, that I was yeah. doing the right thing that at the right time, that with what I yeah. knew. Yeah. And I, I used to refer to, you know, all the shit in my past. It's not shit. It's stuff that happened. Some of it I absolutely do not want to happen again. But it's just stuff that happened in my past. So I've really changed my language around that and the way that I view what's gone on. I really love hearing you say it was the right decision and I don't regret it at all. I don't know if you have something similar to this, but I have a rocking chair test that I picture myself at 90 Mm. something sitting in a rocking chair on my veranda of my homestead overlooking the the coast overlooking the beach, but sitting in my rocking chair, looking back on life and not wanting to regret anything. Yeah. Um, I don't want there to be regrets in life. So I love hearing that the decision you made, you absolutely don't regret, which is beautiful. I love that. That's such a powerful, yeah. It's so funny because the more I come along, like I think I almost look at it like timeline jumping. Like I think yeah. back then, my version of me Love now, it. Nikki, like definitely was holding me in so many moments of like deep despair and like, yeah. what am I doing? And am I going to make yeah. it through this? And yeah. now I can like lovingly see myself holding myself back then. And, you know, I don't think it was a conscious thing like that rocking no. chair, but I definitely had a strong vision of my son being in his twenties and us having a conversation and me being able to stand in my power and say, no, this was the right decision. And, you know, and we yeah. have had that conversation before at a changeover where he's, you know, really crying and lots yeah. of emotions. And I'm like, and I can be strong in that with him, you know, like, yeah. so yeah, it's sort of like that, but <laughs> I haven't got to the rocking chair stage, but I think that's a, that's a good little I do not, I, I don't do that every day, but I do picture that I, I just don't want yeah. there to be regrets in life. And when yeah. I'm, when I'm making decisions about things, and yeah. this doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it's like, am I going to regret this if I if I don't do this when I'm down the track looking back on life? Or am I yeah. going to regret if I do do this? I mean, it yeah, factors yeah. into my decision-making. It's not my only process, but it certainly factors in. I think that's a great process, though, because it takes you out of the fear of the moment. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I think so often we make decisions based on our circumstances right now and the fears that we've got right now, yeah. whereas when you have that long view, you know, from a future version of yourself, you're like, oh, yeah. it feels different, you know. It feels different because you don't have the immediate pressures that you have of, you know, because exactly. different seasons of life have different pressures on you and it yeah. feels really immediate and like yeah. everything's, you know. Yeah. But that's yeah. not actually the case. I really love yeah. that. Yeah. So you actually mentioned about you started your business. What were you doing before? So we'll talk a little bit about your business, Mm -hmm. but you were in radio for a stint, weren't you? I was, yeah. How did that come about? How did that come about? I'm intrigued (laughs) by that. Okay. Do you know, honestly, I can tell you the the day and date I decided. Well, I can't tell you the date. I was overseas. I went traveling in my, you know, mid to late twenties and I traveled around with a couple of girls from, from Australia. They live, live up in Queensland now. And we were living in Scotland in Glasgow, which was one of the funnest places to live as a 20 something year old. And we were in the line at TK Maxx. We were like, just, you know, we were 20 and we had so much banter and we always were like, you know, had this kind of like snappy banter going on and people were laughing in the line with us because the line was so huge. And I remember it hitting me like a ton of bricks because I had gone over there. My mum had given me the gift of, of an open-ended ticket when I was 21 or something. Uh, and beautiful. I, yeah, it was a beautiful, a beautiful gift, a, yeah. a very life-changing gift, to yeah. be honest. And I remember going over with the intention of deciding, you know, who I wanted to be when I yeah. grew up. <laughs> Cause I was, I had left school. I'd, I'd started some degree in uni and I it was no good. I didn't like yeah. it and dropped out and was kind of working in hospitality. 
and I was kind of a bit, you know, blowing in the wind. Tab yeah. didn't really have any direction. And so I went with the intention of, you know, really figuring out what it was, what my purpose was, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be able to pour yeah. all my, you know, energy into. Yeah. And when that happened, when we were like doing the banter and people were laughing and kind of saying comments and like interacting with us, it just hit me like a bolt of lightning, like, do breakfast radio, Nikki. Like, why <laughs> wouldn't you do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, like not something little. always loved listening to radio when I was yeah. a kid. That was a huge part of our morning routine you know like listening to it getting ready for school in the car like joking along and I love I've always loved listening to how people do life right like it wasn't yes it's about the music but it was also about the bits in between where you would get to understand the life lessons that they were going through or the things that they'd learn or the things that they were joking about or talking about in a real human way the events that were happening in the world right yeah and so I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. Of course. Of course I'd be great at breakfast radio because I love talking. Yeah. And so then I was obviously over there for a few more months. And then when I came home, I met up with, I was lucky enough to know my parents knew someone who was working for one of the um, Australian commercial stations. He was quite high up. So I had a meeting with him just to, you know, to say, this is what I want to do. What's my pathway? Like, how do I go about getting this? Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so he said to me, your best bet is to start off with community, start off at a community radio station. We had a have a really great one called Fresh FM here in Adelaide. It's a really quality, great youth based volunteer community radio station. So I started there and then just got better and better and better and applied myself more and more and started applying for jobs and then eventually landed a breakfast radio gig in Mildura. Oh, yeah. And so that was like my dream job at that stage because what happened is like I'd done some, I'd done some work for SAFM here in Adelaide, but you know, there's, there's obviously only a certain amount of roles that you can get on radio. And so my program director at the time said, your next step, if you want to advance is to go regional. So that's your next step. And then you can go into a, um, into a major city. So I did regional. I got my gig in Mildura and, you know, two and a half, three weeks in, I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful what you, um, be careful what you wish for. You know what's funny when we were talking before about if I had have had that perspective of, the rocking chair and sitting on the rocking chair, what would you regret? I do regret giving up because I was, I, it was, it was, look, it was a really tricky situation in, in commercial radio. You have, as a female, it's difficult yeah. because you are put into a box. Yeah. Okay. You have to play a role. Okay. And that has to be a cardboard cutout and you have to represent a certain amount of the listenership and that needs to be mainstream, which doesn't suit my personality. You know me at all. No. So that with my co-host at the time was extremely lazy and didn't have the work ethic and drive that I have and so he would rock up 10 minutes late we'd go to air he'd be there 10 minutes later and the male is the anchor like I didn't have control over lots of things I was too young to speak up to my station manager you know there's lots of different things that I would change now But I was so, after it being this dream job that I, you know, I was making a great salary on breakfast radio working five hours a day. Like it was, you know, like people are paying me to do this. And then from that to honestly crying every day on the phone to my mum, like, I don't know what I've done. This was my dream. It's a fucking nightmare. Like no one, I was in a small country town. I didn't have a partner. No one really, you know, it was hard to make friends. And I'm a person who easily makes friends. So lots of different things. And yeah, me not speaking up for myself, I ended up quitting and coming home and totally changing tack and then studying nutrition. But that's probably one of my biggest regrets. I wish I had stood up for myself yeah. and spoken to the station manager earlier because as it turns out when I quit he said no I'll change things I know what I know what X is like yeah. so you know I, he was happy to kind of move things around by that stage I had already made my decision so like I'm I'm thinking as you're describing that I could feel what you were feeling there mm. about being constrained and having mm. to it's almost like what you talked about with the journey with your son's father and making the decision and being true to yourself it's almost like this is another 
part of your journey about you needing to be true to yourself, that you were almost being forced to be something that wasn't true That's to exactly you. it, Catherine. Yeah, yeah. Wait, like I was so – it was at a time where – do you remember when Kim Kardashian married Chris Humphreys? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, as the female, I had to be the celebrity gossip reporter. And so, you know, I was having to recycle celebrity gossip and that was our, you know, our daily routine. And I was like, this is not who I am. I'm here for real life conversations. I'm here for connection, for human, you know, like human connection and uplifting. Yeah. 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 And it felt like I was selling my soul. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just not who I am. And so, yeah. Yeah, I get that. And it also gets back to being that authentic, you know, when you're in alignment with what's important to you, everything feels good. But it's Mm -hmm. about trusting your gut too, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like, sure, maybe the regret is that you didn't speak up. But I think there's still power in following your gut and being true to yourself that that. Yeah, I, I think events like that are meant to be put on your path to help totally. you to get and to And I know that it, yeah. it contributed to where I am now. You know, yeah. I've, yeah. that's that's how I ended up here. Like I, through leaving my son's father and becoming a new mom, I felt completely broken. Yeah. I felt completely broken, completely shattered. My light had gone out. I like very viscerally remember because I moved in with my sister. Her husband was doing FIFO. And my mum and my sister were a bit, they didn't, they were a bit scared to kind of, for me to be alone with my son and having just come out of a relationship. So they were like, just move in with your sister for six months just to get on your feet. So I did. And I remember being there and just crying on my bed and her coming in and saying like, your light has gone out. I I just don't understand how, how, how it's, how it's gone. Like you have such a vibrancy. Yes, that's what I I get pick up. I was not, I, I was a shell. I was a complete show and it's a really, it's really hard to be there when you know that your light's gone out and you yeah. have no idea how to get it back. That was really, that was almost like an added like, oh, you know, like how, I knew how much I was a show and I had no idea, no roadmap of, of how to come back to myself, to be more whole than I'd been before yeah. I was a mum. And so I started my own podcast. Because yeah. I, you know, through radio, I had a superpower of interviewing. Yes. I love conversations. Yes. Yeah. And so I didn't have the resources to kind of fix my brain and get the therapy and the appointments yeah. and the, you know, the spiritual kind of healings that I needed at that time. So this was my, that was my way. I was like, if I'm feeling this way, there has to be other mums who are out there feeling like this. And I didn't want anyone else feeling like this. So I was like, I'll have the conversations for us. And I'll put them out into the world. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's brought me here. Oh, I love that. I love that. So how long ago was that with your podcast? How long ago was that? I think it was like four or four and a half, five years ago now. Yeah. yeah. So before, yeah. because everybody's kind of doing podcasts now, which is good. Yeah. Lots of different yeah. versions. But that's sort of the pre, you know, pre popularity yeah. of the podcast so that's yeah cool. that's- I think like, it's hard to you know I thought at the time oh everybody's already started a podcast who no, might have started no. a podcast you go yeah. through all those things no matter what <laughs> when you do it you know yeah. and so yeah. yeah podcasts have been around for a little while but I hadn't really heard about them I wasn't consuming them and then yeah. when I found out they were a thing I was like oh I get to put out what content I want and I get to choose Absolutely. who I speak to where I don't have a program director telling me what to do yeah. like you know, and I got to heal myself in the process. So, and is that the yeah. process that you? So, the podcast is awesome. So, that's helping other and hearing mm-hmm. from other women and other people about their journeys as well. Yeah. How yeah. did that help heal you? How did that help you with your I think healing? I my mission with that podcast still is to have conversations with people who have walked through the fire. And yeah. have been through, you know, serious challenge or adversity or overcome, you know, big hurdles in their yeah. life and, yeah. and been at that place. Cause I think, you know, there is this real, when you are stripped of your identity, it's, it feels, you feel so lost and so yeah. broken. I don't know any other words to describe yeah. it. And yeah. when you're in that, t- in that time, you're in survival mode. You have no idea what's up and what's down, what's left and what's right. 
And so I think having those conversations with those women who had been before me, I was able to borrow their strength and their power and their light. Their light kind of lit the path for me to come back to myself. Like I, if I was to put it in a, a, like I don't have, I don't know exactly what point I kind of healed, you know, it's a very, it's not a linear process. (laughs) And I still, you know, to this day have moments where I'm crying all day and on the phone to my besties and, you know, and what am I doing with my life? But, but for the most part, I feel a lot more whole and integrated and I love myself. I love myself. And that is the biggest difference. You know, back then I was, I had no self-esteem. I did not have any self-love and that's all I wanted, you know. And it was almost like I wanted it for for my son, not for me. I was like, I can't be a mum and teach him self-esteem and self-love if I don't have any. And yeah. so he, I'm very grateful that he came along to teach me that. To teach I had you that, to, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. isn't that, oh gosh, again, so much there. I think even through the podcast, Nikki, if, and I know yours is sort of similar, similar. It's about people's stories, hearing stories. And I find that when people share their stories, it's really empowering for them. So a lot of my guests, when I say I'd love to chat with you and they go, oh, my God, why would you want to chat with me? And I'm going, (laughs) you have such an inspiring story. And when we talk about it at the end of the podcast, they say, oh, that was actually really, really nice to be able to share my story. And the pearls of wisdom just drop. They they're not scripted. They just drop and the people who need to hear them, hear them. And I think that's the beauty of being able to speak with people about their journeys and whatever they are, you know, yeah. this. we're not ramming it down people's throats. No. We're not doing this whole, you thou shalt do this. It's about, yes. well, these are some things that work for me and these are some yes. things that I would never, ever do again. <laughs> and it's not even that much of it, you know, like that's what yeah. I love about it. I think yes. you just yeah. captured the essence of it yeah. so well there. It's yeah. a conversation yeah. and everybody gets their own ahas. Yes. to serve wherever they are yeah. right now rather yeah. than following a formula or putting yeah. it in a blueprint or this yeah. is what helped me. It's actually the organic conversations yes. means that people can pull out the pearls of wisdom that apply to them right exactly. now, right here in their circumstances, yeah. and that changes the world. Not, yeah. you know, giving your formula and this is how no, I did no, it and, no. you know, it's about those really huge aha moments when you're listening to someone speak like oh I never even thought about it like that thank you so much you know and it changes your world in a whole instant and you're like wow okay and now you can move through this little bit that you've been grappling with for a second exactly yeah I had a girlfriend actually she texted me the other day and she said I was listening to episode whichever episode it was and she said, it's exactly what I needed to hear. She said, yes. I knew the stuff. I'd forgotten the stuff. Yeah. I heard the stuff and it's just made me feel good again. Yes. Aligned um, again. Yeah. 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 Let me ask you, and I'm asking for a friend who okay. may have had a shitty morning yeah. about, she may have adopted a new dog who <laughs> gets very agitated by anything that goes past the the front window and she may have been lighting a candle, getting ready for (laughs) the podcast she was about to record and dropped some of it on the floor and burn a hole. Um, (laughs) What are some tips that you might have for my girlfriend when you have a kind of a shitty day? (laughs) Because what you said there is about you do have, you know, you've experienced times that have been tough, but you don't stay in that, stuck in that anymore. What are some advice, tips for moving through when things don't quite go according to plan yes when things don't go according to plan I think never making yourself wrong for the feelings that you have is like the first point of call love it and not fighting yourself for the feelings you have as well I think a lot of our struggles come from when we're oh but I shouldn't be feeling this way and I shouldn't be doing this and I think when we when we're fighting ourselves, we are fractured. Our, our yeah. energy is fragmented. Yeah. And so I think often, you know, and I've had a couple of days like that myself over the last week where I'm like, I'm just going to allow myself to feel like this yeah. today. Yeah. I'm just going to cry yeah. every hour on the hour <laughs> until 
it moves through me because yeah. because making myself wrong and fighting with myself was the hardest and yeah. was it's exhausting yeah, yeah and so there's no that's no spiritual answer it's just you know really allowing I think as well there was you know there was a big there was lots of fear I thought I'd get stuck in it I know yeah. what depression feels like and I yeah. know what deep dark nights of the soul yeah. feel like and so I think a lot of the time after you've moved through some of those big experiences if you find the little glimmers of things and you're like oh could this be you know a really downward spiral and so I think yeah, yeah. but I oh, I wonder whether your friend with the dog I would if that was me with a with a dog like that and especially if they're new and they were adopted maybe you need to have a conversation conversations with the doggy like yeah. thank you for talking to me let's talk yes. you know ask and build the yeah. I wonder whether they're just trying to like look I'm 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 new here and I'm just showing you I'm showing off about how good I am because I'm warning you of all the bad people that are around and yes. so maybe it's like if you just flip it and kind of like every time Mr. Doggy barks yeah. or Mrs. Doggy, you're like, yeah. thank you. Thanks for letting me know that there's people there and we're, and we're okay. We're safe here. Yeah. You know, I've heard it, it be- from good source from my friend that that's what she does do. And he does respond sometimes to that. <laughs> and um, other times not. <laughs> and other times not. And other times yeah. not. But do you know what? I'm, like you too, actually allowing the emotions that mm. from my, you know, times when I've struggled with things, I can look back on it and I haven't actually acknowledged how I've been feeling. And that's where that, you know, about honouring, it's like, yeah, th- this is a shitty day and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a shitty day for forever. And what I kind of refer to it is I have my five-minute pity party Sometimes yeah. it's longer than five minutes. Yeah. But I have the pity party and I go, you know what, this is not great. I'm acknowledging that it's not great. What do I want to be instead? Yeah. And, and I, yeah. yeah. And I also think, you know, we are humans and we yes. are going yes. to feel the yes. full mm. spectrum of emotions. And just because they're not enjoyable emotions doesn't actually make them any less valuable. No. They give us, you know, those contrasts that gives us the good stuff. It gives exactly. us the, oh, this is what I want more of. And so I think when you can, you know, it's so much easier said than done. <laughs> but when you can, when you can think about it like that and allow yourself to feel the unenjoyable feelings yeah. and just know that it's part of the human experience, yeah. then I think it takes the, the personal sting out of it a bit sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I agree with that too. And I, I also try, I don't always, do it but try and catch the judgments that I'm making about myself you know that critical self-talk and and kind of going you know why why am I doing this why Mm -hmm. am I you know those patterns of yeah the negativity why am I why why am I even thinking that you know yeah what story is that yeah Yeah. and that's a a really good point because it is it's so you don't even know that it's a that it's such a pattern until you yeah. can catch it. And often yeah. at the start, when you're when you're starting to do this work, yeah. you cannot even see it as a pattern. And yeah. then I, you know, I don't know about you, Catherine, but the more and more I go along this journey, and the more and more I do those things, I can catch myself and I can hold myself in yes. in those feelings, and I can allow it all to yeah. be there and know that it's not a reflection of of my worth. Yeah. Do you know what? I had a really big aha moment. It was maybe six months ago. I was doing some uh, just tidying up, decluttering, and I was looking at, I'm a journaler. I I love Mm -hmm. journaling. And I've got journals just everywhere. And (laughs) yeah. And I was reading through some of the journals and there was fucking, it was the same thing. It's as though I'd written it yesterday. And I looked at the journal and the date of it was like 15 years ago. I'm going far out. What's this same pattern of, you know, things I'm wanting to let go of? So what I did, Nikki, is I burnt all those journals. Oh. I had a little bit of a flick through them because there are some pearls of wisdom in there as mm-hmm. well. So I kept those pages, but I burnt, I had bonfire burning. Yeah. It was the most cathartic. As much as I love journaling, I love burning stuff. I absolutely love burning stuff. And it was a real cleansing process. And I yeah. can see some real shift in some of those patterns that had been there for very like entrenched patterns and not yeah. just from the burning, but that was a big, man, that was very cathartic. 
Yeah. Here's a little tidbit for you. Yeah. After, I think my son was probably maybe one and a half when I'd sort of gotten back on my feet. I was really in the thick of healing myself and I shaved my head. I had wanted to for years and years and years. Yeah. Like 10 years at least. And I was like, right, that's it. You know, I have I had a real belief, have a real belief yeah. that your your hair can hold those stories too, Absolutely, right? They do. So I yeah, I had a big ceremony with my sister and I shaved my head and then I burnt my hair in a in a bonfire. Yeah. To like just kind of let go of of maiden Nikki, because now I was yeah. mother Nikki. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I did something I didn't burn my hair, but I like I've gone back to natural grey and that was a process that I wanted to not colour my hair anymore, but I really wanted to strip myself back to that authentic me. And the process took way too long. I just went to sit mm-hmm. to my hairdresser, just shave my hair. And she's like, yeah. no, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. And yeah, I got all this like colouring and process and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, I just came home one day to my husband. I said, let's shave it. And yeah. I didn't go bald, bald, but I went like a number one or two or something. Oh, yeah. And I tell you what, since I've gone back, this represents that authenticity as well. Yeah. Like the short, nothing in here that represents to me, stripping back to yeah. know, who I am at my core. Um, yeah. Who's a grey old <laughs> chick. Fabulous. Anyway. Fabulous. Very chick. wise. Fabulous, exactly. fabulous. Yeah. Tell me, tell me some more about, you have spiritual practices? Yeah. What are some of those that tell me, tell me oh, some of the, lots of <laughs> there's lots, there's lots. So are there some, cause this is just like, I love love. What are some yeah. of your sort of spiritual so practices? So my daily spiritual practices would be normally I wake up and I'll do a meditation in the morning and I actually, most of the time I'll, I've created a meditation for myself and it's really simple guys. Yeah. You actually just, I play, I have my iPhone and I hit voice record and I play binaural beats off of YouTube on my laptop. Yeah. And then I speak over the top of that and I just have it in my voice voice notes. So whatever I'm wanting to bring in or let go of, I will meditate around that and then I'll normally play that for sort of six months at least. So I listen to that in the morning and then I love getting out in nature, going for my walk. That's a really important part of me feeling balanced in my soul and my mental health. So that's another part of my spiritual practice. And then I also have this beautiful ritual with one of my best friends where we voxer each other or voice message each other every single morning of three things that we're grateful for, three things that we're calling in and three things that we're celebrating from for for our life. Yeah. And it's really, we've done it for over a year now and it's just such an anchoring practice, you know, on the days that it's really hard to be grateful for stuff, it's such a good way You know, sometimes it's I'm grateful for my washing machine, that it washes my clothes and I don't have to do it manually like I did in the old days. I'm grateful for heating and electricity. Like some days it's really basic like that. (laughs) Other days I can I can be grateful for the blades of grass and the sun because it feels really easy. But it's such a beautiful practice in showing me the – the beauty of my life every day and what I've created. Cause you know, I, I, and this is really poignant for me right at the moment too, because I think, you know, when you've hit rock bottom and then you have this huge kind of growth period, when you plateau, it can feel really unsatisfying yeah. and it can feel yeah. really like, well, why isn't all of my big yeah. manifestation dreams coming true yeah. yet? And it doesn't really look any different to how I thought. But there's lots of little things that have changed and I'm really in that place at the moment where appreciating all the little things that have changed is serving me because I know then the big things are coming. You know, I know the big things are coming. Oh, that's that plateau stuff. I've been going through that as well and getting very, very frustrated about things not happening as quickly as I want them to. And I just happened to be listening to an audio book and it's called Mastery Mm. by George Mm. Leonard. And he was referring to the plateau as being a really important place to be. And it's about being able to consolidate Mm. and allow things to integrate as well. And especially for people who are very 
you know, action oriented, operating out of that masculine energy about making things happen. That's great. But it's also about being in the present and allowing what you've created, not always looking at the next step of creation. And I thought that was so that's kind of similar to what you're Mm. saying there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why the the plateau is very important. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's why with that daily ritual that I've got, the celebration part is really, you know, and we're not, I think, especially as Australians, you know, we're not really great at celebrating ourselves and, you know, especially as women. And so it's been a really interesting practice to celebrate, (laughs) to celebrate the little things and to, and to actively kind of, almost not boast about them but you know what I mean like make that part of your practice because I think that is a part a really important part part of the integration it is and and it's also about if you think about it at that mindset perspective it's about helping to establish those Mm. new neural pathways Mm. because I think a lot of us have established not all of us but ones about yeah but you know Mm -hmm. I did this but I didn't do it quite as well as I would have liked or I did this but Nikki did it better or mm-hmm. when we celebrate and acknowledge our achievements and our success, we're actually creating and strengthening that new neural pathway. So that just becomes part of who we are. I do a, like a lot of coaching around a lot of different things, but often the, the career coaching and when people are uh, applying for new jobs, they find it really, cha- not they, not all of them, but a lot of them find it really challenging to talk about themselves and what they've achieved because they go, oh, I'm boasting about myself. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. you're not. You're actually telling us a story about what Mm -hmm. you've actually done. Mm -hmm. So it's changing that story. But I love how you and your girlfriend accountability buddies, you know, it's about helping each other to um, acknowledge each other and be there. Yeah, 100%. And it has been such a... It's been a beautiful part of our friendship too, yeah. you know, like really yeah. having windows into our minds and our psyches yeah. and the way we think and our lives and our secret desires and, yeah. you know, and sharing that with someone else. There's something powerful yes. about sharing that yes. with someone else yes. rather than, you know, just doing it by yourself or in a journal or, yeah. And so I think that's been, that's also been a really beautiful yeah. part of, part of it. I see that a really sacred process. To be able to, to do that with somebody in that trusted, you know, that yeah. inner, um, because sometimes yeah. it's not safe to say that to, yeah. to other people, but if you've got somebody in that inner sanctum that is yeah. trusted and yeah. stuff, so that's cool. I, I remember a time when I had no one that I could, yes. yeah. you know, and I think that was also a, a really scary part of healing and growing and changing you know and so I, I just want to speak to the fact that if you're listening and thinking I don't have anyone like that I I had that for years yeah. but they will come and yes. and those friendships and those connections are forged when you when you go first and your bravery and your courage in in seeking those connections out they do exist yeah. and they they do they're incredibly nourishing and supportive so I just wanted to I just wanted to say that in case someone's listening and going but I don't have anyone because I remember feeling like that too but you know yeah and I would maybe piggyback on that and I it's about being vulnerable as well and being okay in the sharing because I know a big part of my life was I didn't feel okay to share it's just like, no, no, I have to be strong. I have to be, you know, all these things. And it's just like, that's fucking bullshit mm-hmm. that it is okay to be able to share and say that, you know, not doing okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing okay. Or that I am doing okay. Yeah. I think sometimes, yeah. I think sometimes, and I know I've experienced this as well. It's like, I haven't wanted to celebrate my successes in, you know, feeling that it was gonna, for whatever reason, upset somebody else. Yeah. Um, so I think that's as equally important. Yes. To, to yes. be in that space as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Nikki, we could talk forever. Tell us <laughs> Sorry, about your, tell us a bit about your business. Where, where yeah, can so, people find you and what do you do? 
Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me at quintessentialbeing.com. That's the name of my podcast. And it's also the name of my business. So I am first and foremost a podcast coach and a strategist. I help beautiful women, mainly women like you, entrepreneurial women in the life coaching space or online business space or parenting education. Those are a lot of my clients create and launch amazing life changing transformational podcasts. That's what I do. It's at the heart of, of who I am. And off the back of that, I, you know, have a knack for digital marketing and content creation and wildfire conversations like this that pull out the gold in people. So yes. I have a few offerings around, you know, if you're a bit confused about what your message is on the front line, like I can hold space for you and interview and pull those messages out of you. So yeah, you can find everything at quintessentialbeing.com. You can follow me on Instagram at quintessentialbeingbynikki or Facebook quintessentialbeingbynikki. I give away loads of free content. There's lots of sort of freebie offers. You can learn about podcasting. There's a bold broadcasters free video if you want to have a look at that to see whether you want to dip your toe in the podcasting pool. Yeah, um, I also do, do a lot of work around, yeah, guest speaking and, and pitching to podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Anything where you are cultivating the skill of selling yourself, but in a really soulful aligned way. Yes. That's yeah. what I'm, that's what I do. And I could hundred percent recommend because that soulful aligned way is what really resonates with me that, that it's about you get me and you yeah. get what the podcast is about and you're able to guide me through that process. What's next for you? Oh, do you know, Catherine, I'm at this really interesting, fun space yeah. where I think that in the next six months, my life is going to look completely different to what it looks like now. Mm. And I could not tell you what's going to change and how it's going to change, but I just have that in my knower. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, so I really um Sitting in that kind of, you know, my business is evolving. I am really loving where it's going and moving into more like coaching and strategy and that kind of Love thing. It. And yeah, and I'm really looking forward to taking some lots of time off over school holidays in <laughs> summer so I can be with my son. So yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of just opening. I think what's next for me is just opening to the opportunities that come my way and yeah, and growing and laughing and learning. I love that. And for me, what I'm hearing there is about letting it unfold mm. and not having any attachment to an outcome. Mm. So it's about trusting in the process that something, you've got that inkling that something's going to be happening. Um, sounds like it's going to be something big and exciting, but mm. you're not, it's about letting that unfold, which I think is a beautiful way to manifest and bring your dreams yeah. alive. So, Nikki, yeah. this has been absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. Hugs and big, big happiness to you. And um, thank you for producing this beautiful podcast. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I have adored having this conversation with you. Beautiful. ta Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.